0: Hello and welcome to Beyond the Bio. This week, I'm joined by Ash Jones, founder at Great Influence, who work with brilliant entrepreneurs to help them tell their story and share their ideas to millions of people on social. Ash has been helping entrepreneurs to do this for the last 10 years and has had the honor of leading strategy, social and content for some of the best in business, including Stephen Bartlett and Gary Neville. Welcome to Beyond the Bio, Ash Jones. Really excited to have you on the show. Obviously we met last year with a view to hopefully doing some kind of collaborations together this year. I love what you do. I think that our businesses offer really complementary services to business leaders looking to raise their profiles. One of the things that I remember when we met was us having a bit of a chat about the term personal branding because I think if I remember rightly that neither of us particularly liked that term and I don't think either of us use it on our websites either. Is that still the case what do you think of the term personal branding
1: I've softened a little to it where before I was just a hard no but interestingly enough Stephen Bartlett did an episode of the diary of a CEO with Adam Grant recently and they spoke about it on there and Adam Grant said that an issue with people executive leaders building reputation is the term personal branding because nobody wants to have a brand. And he said, I don't want to have a brand, I want to have a reputation and an audience. And the term personal brand puts people off because it feels like it's very like egotistical for you to have a brand as a person. And I think Adam is an American. I think that statement's even more true if you're British. Like It's just a very, very un-British concept of like, I as a person, I'm a brand. And I think also when it comes to leaders specifically, the smart ones are very aware of the perception of them having an ego or inflated sense of power especially in 2024 and the idea of personal brand i'm building my personal brand is a very self interested thing to say so yeah i think those like those factors mean that it puts people off a lot of the time a client that we work with they did some internal gauging of a potential project and when they presented it under the title of personal branding it didn't get any pickup from within the company but then they rebranded it a little to leadership advocacy and that got a lot more pickup from people. I don't think leadership advocacy is the right thing but it more speaks to the fact that people didn't want to be seen within a company to be building their personal brand.
0: Very interesting and and on the theme of personal brand and company stuff what's your view on personal brand versus company brand
1: they're just two completely different elements and i think that they've always been two completely different elements it's only in recent years that people are starting to realize just how useful they can be as when you keep them separate it's kind of like on tiktok if you're a brand that posts branded content like advertisement content, it just doesn't perform well. And a person being a person does perform well. And that's kind of the same with personal brand and company brand. Think of the consumer mind as like the TikTok platform, for example, it rejects branded content, and it engages with people and individuals. And that's not to say ignore the company as a brand. Obviously, it's like That's the important thing for a lot of people, but it's more just realizing that the people and understanding how they can approach being a voice for the company in the right way can be a very important like, different point of leverage because the company can't do the kind of content that a person can and a person shouldn't do the kind of content that a company should, but they can both be working to achieve the exact same thing and the exact same outcome. An issue that people have now is we're in this stage where the people are like sharing the company content and they're producing content like they're a company. And I looked at some of the top 100 CEOs in the world recently, and the, some of them, what they were sharing on LinkedIn was almost felt like they were the company page. I think I looked at the leader of PepsiCo, and his name's Ramon, and his page was like you were on the PepsiCo like corporate company page there's a great difference between the two but they can work together to achieve the same outcomes they've just got to look and feel and sound different
0: i totally agree with that and i think that people can be just a bit more maybe playful a bit more interesting and that in turn can put the spotlight back onto the company but in a more fun way i guess a bit more personal way
1: I saw there was a report recently that analyzed 1.5 million LinkedIn posts and it essentially said like company pages are on the decline, like very hard decline. So yeah, in terms of LinkedIn, especially, I think it's becoming even more important for companies to understand if they're going to have a presence on that platform on LinkedIn, how they leverage their people to do it in as well as the company page, because the performance of people on the platform is up and the performance of company pages is down.
0: In terms of personal branding and people putting themselves out there, it's really important that people are trusted when they're sharing content. Have you got a top tip for listeners to gain trust within their industry?
1: I think the most important thing really to figure out the person you are offline and try to bring like an online version of that. And The most jarring thing that somebody could do is make something that's different from what people actually meet. And we've all had it before where we've seen somebody online and thought, oh, what they do is interesting. Well, this person looks interesting or what they say is interesting. And then you meet them offline and they're nothing like what you expected. And sometimes that can be a positive, nothing like what I expected. But a lot of the time it can be a negative negative not what I expected kind of feeling. And I think that's like, if there's one bit of advice, it's to try to avoid that, which is very, very difficult when a lot of how people approach the online is dictated by what an algorithm prefers which naturally can pull you away from what you are actually interested in as a person offline. You start to gear what you say online towards what algorithms like versus what you actually are used to talking about and actually have an interest in. So, yeah, I'd say that we're not dictated by algorithms in real life.
0: So it's very much around working out what it is that you stand for and making sure that you're consistent online and offline.
1: I think that a lot of what we do is not reinventing the wheel. It's having quite a basic foundational understanding of who you are, what work you're doing, the outcomes that you're trying to drive and the industry that you want to be a part of and the people that you want to reach and then having a good content strategy that brings that together and turns those things into like the the content machine drives those outcomes and reaches that audience and positions you in the way that you want to be positioned and represents the work that you do and the people that you're trying to reach. Once you have those foundational building blocks in place, it, it should kind of take care of itself if you're good at what you do. And you get a good understanding of how the social platform you're operating on works in terms of how to create the right content for it and distribution.
0: Do you think it's better for people to identify one platform and just be really great on that one platform rather than spreading themselves more thinly across all the platforms?
1: At first, I think it's a really good idea just to focus on one thing, because The biggest unlock that anyone can have in doing this is just consistency. It's like, can you stay the course for many years? Whereas a lot of people will have a moment where they'll come and go. The important thing in creating consistency within it is just making it almost like a routine, a habit that feels very easy to do. And if you're trying to do even just two platforms and different types of content and talking about different things at once it's much harder to build up a good working routine and consistency and habit with it whereas if you start small i'm just going to do this one type of post once a week or two weeks or even once a month for on this one platform and then you build the habit off the back of there and it's easier to build on top of that versus you know trying to go all out at once
0: Feels more manageable, doesn't it? Especially if people are just kind of starting out and want to get stuck into it, but feel a bit overwhelmed by, by being on everything. What do you think is the most impactful, singular, personal brand move that any one person has made?
1: From a business point of view, it's too obvious and cheesy, but it's, it have to be something like a Richard Branson or a Steve Jobs kind of thing from a business point of view. I'm trying to think of something more recent that's a bit more relevant and interesting than that because it's very bland and boring.
0: I mean everyone knows them.
1: Yeah, in recent time I'm going to say Steve Bartlett obviously. The past 5 years it's hard to argue that the approach that he took was very forward thinking and very ahead of the Moment.
0: And could you pinpoint one thing that he did that you think, looking back, was the key to it all?
1: Yeah, he started a vlog at Social Chain. And the timing of that for Social Chain as an agency was really the first unlock that I think he had to the power of doing it on his business ventures. I think everybody, if you're in business and entrepreneurship and you're very busy and you're doing lots of things, you almost need the like evidence that anything is worth you putting time into. And I think Steve was maybe at a point where he was still trying to find that clear evidence at that point. He was almost just like trusting the process. And then he started the vlog, which gave people an insight into social chain. And it really helped to drive business, close business, hire people into the company and retain people within the company. And even things like stakeholders and investors. It it did such a really, really great job of improving improving and strengthening all those relationships and creating opportunities and I think that was the first time that he did something that took a lot of effort and demand from him, but it really gave like a very clear return on investment. And from that point on, he just continued to double down on that. And some 10 years later, he's now reaping like immense compound benefit of doing so.
0: What are the mechanics behind everything he does now? You know, I can't imagine him kind of sat there posting his own Instagram post these days and having the time for things like that. You know, has he got quite a big team behind him that, helping with the mechanics of things
1: yeah there's a I think in the diary of a CEO team there's a 20-30 people across the podcast and socials and his personal stuff and the you know they've got like e-commerce things and events and all this kind of thing there was a Gary Vaynerchuk did like a content model pdf some seven eight years ago and it was basically like how he made his schedule work to produce all this content across all platforms. And it was like, I do these two or three things a week, and then that becomes everything. And I feel like that's a similar approach to what Steve takes, where he does the podcast, and then he does speaking. In like intermittent periods, he'll produce something else, like a book, And that then becomes the machine that works. It's like spread and distributed to different platforms in different content types. And he's very efficient with the time that he inputs so that the output is able to be as scaled as it is.
0: And just go back to what you said just a little bit earlier around people being the same offline as online. Obviously, you've known Steven for quite a while now. Would you say he's the same offline as he is online?
1: Yeah. When he's speaking about the things that he's passionate about 100%, He's actually quite a reserved, shy person a lot of the time, but then he gets on a stage and he lights up and he starts talking about the things that he's passionate and interested about. Definitely, if he's passionate and interested about something, it doesn't matter whether there's a camera on him or he's talking to you one-on-one where nobody's listening, he's as engaged and passionate and interested about it as he is, regardless of whether there's an audience there or not.
0: Did he have any training around public speaking or was it just a case of just doing loads of it and getting better?
1: No training. Yeah, it's like that 10,000 hours of practice thing the first few times that we went to shoot videos it took hours to do like a two minute video and we'd have like teleprompters and we'd try script things and it just takes so 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 long because he just wasn't used to like now he doesn't need to be given a script it's like just give him a brief idea and off he can go and that's the result of putting in you know literally thousands of hours of practice now over the space of 10 years. But in the first year or so, like everyone, he was exactly the same as everyone in that it takes time to get used to having a camera on and saying things in a way that you want to articulate them. And sometimes you'll mess up a line and all these things. Yeah, you had all those same issues that everyone has at the start.
0: So obviously he is a very well-known personal brand now and in a mostly really positive way. What's your take on personal brand with the way sort of some influencers have a bad rap from all the dodgy crypto and scammy behavior and things that you see online and people in front of their Lambos and things? What do you think that has done to personal brand?
1: Obviously the personal brand is kind of like that. There's like influencers, creators now. The creator economy is so huge. You've got hundreds of thousands of people who are creating content and they want to try to make it a career and to do that they have to do things like brand work or you know brand deals and work with brands and a lot of the time they're not educated on you know what they're promoting necessarily and that becomes a problem you can believe what somebody says if somebody works at a brand and explains the product to you and all these things You just have to take their word for it and you can use the product yourself. But there's also some things that you can't plan for, like that company, I don't know, going out of business or being, you know, not exactly honest in how they're advertising and influencers and content creators can take the flack for that. And I think there'll have been a lot of people educating themselves better over the past few years, but it's still a big issue. It's always going to happen. Content creators need to be able to make a living and make money off doing content online. And with that comes the risk of working with brands who aren't exactly... You can only control what you can control. You can't control some things that a brand does at times. And there's always going to be things that can go wrong. So... Yeah, I think that it's always going to be an unavoidable issue, to be honest. And from the point of somebody who is a creator or influencer, or personality, or talent, you just have to make sure that you try to do your own due diligence that you can, like use the product, research into the product. And that's all you can do. You can only approach it with your own conscience clean of being like, I did everything that I'm meant to do in in relation to doing this work. And, you know, not everything's going to work out. But if, if it doesn't, at least you know that you did what you could.
0: Great advice. Where do you see AI going in this space? And what about this rise of virtual avatars?
1: It's huge. It's going to disrupt everything content creation. And for example, now, if take the world of like executive leaders and founders, CEOs creating content online, they won't need to do anything because you can create an AI version of yourself on video and you can create an AI voice. And you can now just like type the text in and you can have a version of yourself that's saying the thing that's typed in. And it's still a bit of a way off in being perfect, obviously. But if you look at the rate of improvement that exists in something like that in the space of 12 months, it's only clear which way it's going to go. It's going to be perfect.
0: And is that something that you're using or going to use in your business?
1: It's going to disrupt everything. Anyone that has a content creation business, which is a huge part of what we do, it's going to disrupt it. So yeah we're looking already at how we can how we can leverage it
0: so it's leveraging it isn't it rather than it overtaking you
1: yeah i think there's going to be a period of a few years where it's going to be we're going to play a role of helping people understand how they can use it and that's the thing to focus on right now is understand the tools and how they work be able to help people understand how they can do things more efficiently and better with those tools
0: good to see it as a tool rather than the solution if you were inventing personal branding in 2024 what four laws would you set for everyone as the must-haves
1: always stick to the plan and the plan should be built off what outcomes you're trying to generate So the content that you make is always geared towards producing or working towards some kind of outcome that is useful. Second would be make the online like the offline, as I mentioned before. Third would be don't get caught up in the trappings of like chasing algorithm changes. I'm going to stick with those three. I think they're the most important three.
0: Very solid. The must-have laws of personal branding by Ash Jones. Love it. And finally, just think about your own reputation. What are the top things that you'd like to be recognized or remembered for?
1: I've been in this space, like personal brand, for nine years now. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of like put all my chips in that basket. So, yeah, it's going to have to be within personal brand and how founders and CEOs build reputations online.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining me on the show. If people want to connect with you, if they're not already following you on somewhere, which is the platform where they're most likely to find you? LinkedIn. Awesome. We'll stick a link to your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. If you're serious about growing your profile, take our free profile assessment quiz to see where you're at right now and get hints and tips on how to improve your score. You'll find the link to the quiz in the show notes. If you've enjoyed the episode, it would be mint if you'd subscribe, like, and leave a review. See you next Monday.